It's a sensitive, delicate deal, dragging brand new songs out of the sky. Trading ideas, accepting some, storing others in the maybe later bag, moving on and along with hardly a plan. During the Zep years, I never imagined a full-scale album project without the other guys, and even less the idea of new writing partners. But then, since 1981, I've enjoyed many amazing, exciting musicians in the sharing, in the writing, in production and engineering. Men and women who encouraged and enlightened, introducing me to crazy curves I could never have imagined. For this podcast, I'm going to be picking out some songs from here and there along the way, mixing constant shifts in sound and intention from across this long old time. There's a story in all of them. I'm Robert Plant, and this is Digging Deep. Hello, my name is Matt Everett, and I'm very pleased to be welcoming you back to another episode of Digging Deep with Robert Plant. This is the podcast where, in every episode, Robert himself enters his back catalogue and picks a song that he's been involved with the recording of. Now, the reason I say involved with the recording is because some of these are world-famous songs, which see Robert, as he puts it, uh, at the front end of the ship as lead vocalist and writer. But also, Digging Deep features collaborations or tracks where perhaps Robert's not as prominent. We're led by the songs here. That's all. Wherever we go is where we go. Likewise, we talk about the music, but also we just talk. If you know this show, you'll know what I mean. If you don't, you soon will. So this week's song is from the Mighty Rearranger album, which came out in 2005. It was Robert's eighth solo album and the second with his band Strange Sensation. And for me, well, for me, maybe it's one of the best songs he's ever recorded. I mean, you can hear me explaining this in the conversation we have. I get a bit fanboy about the track. It's just beautiful. The vocal, the arrangement, the guitar playing, the production, the lyrics, everything's kind of perfectly aligned. So echoing what I was saying there earlier, if you know the song, which is called All the King's Horses, then you know what I mean. If you don't, well, you soon will. So this song, All the King's Forces. Now for me, because I always, it's been really good doing this because I get to hear stuff that I know of yours, but I spend more time with mm. or stuff I haven't been that familiar with. This is this is one of my favourite things that you have ever done. Oh yeah. And I kind of knew it, but I've been back and I've been listening to it and I keep listening to it. Mm. I listen to it like three or four times in the car on the way here. It's the most beautiful song. And I wondered if there was a moment like when you're writing something, is it the moment when you're like, okay, yeah, this is this is this is what I wanted it to be. This has got some heart. Yeah, this is real. I don't know that moment when a song becomes really becomes a song rather than just some music mm. and words that you and people have been working on. I just wondered. Well, I listen to a lot of people in, especially as I keep driving a lot. You know, I've got them listening to the whole meld of lyric 
and instrumentation. And even the people who I really hold in high stead don't always get it so that it's got some kind of an affinity between both instrumentation and especially in in my case it can be a struggle because I adapt my mindset or melody or lyric or whatever it is to something that's all more or less already prescribed so in the case of all the king's horses it was uh, skin's masterpiece and then the 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 way that the space shift is there's such a sort of great community about the records that we made so that nobody ever gets in the way of anything and just adds a great embellishment to an initial idea and that particular song is it's absolutely the the place that I would wish to go on the king's horses I mean, sadly, that's me, you know, uh, but not sadly, because I always feel like I'm actually on the outside looking in. It's a, it's a dark street. You walk down and you, the lights are on and you look through windows as you walk by or, and you see everybody getting on with their lives, but the lives that they live are nothing to do with what's inside me at all. So I can't admire it. Um, maybe, no, I can't, but I do feel that sort of, condition really adds to me rather than takes anything away as you know i'm not settled and i'm not restless or you you know it's just that that is where i see myself as a as a character and um it gives me great food for creativity and uh, or expression and the lot especially the lot the last two records that we made together lullaby and the ceaseless roar and carry fire were real echoes of the circumstances of me and them and a lot of the times we were really reaching i mean from a, the listener's point of view they take it or leave it but from our point of view it really we did really get to some very special places and uh, i think that mighty rearranger as a record as a combination of songs carried all the uh, symptoms that we relish you know as a bunch of guys the lyric, love has come courting and I'm back there again. I pour myself a brand new start. There's a, yeah, there's a sort of a weary optimism. But optimism. Oh, not, well, well weary in as much as I can drink all night. <laughs> you know. uh, sadly. But um, no, I mean, that's the great thing. I, I expect it to be almost like that. On the king's horses
I got a lot of Big Star, a lot of Alex Chilton oh, great. in that song. The A, the kind of production and the guitars got that sound to it and the kind of the feel of the vocal as well. Because mm. it's quite, there's a, there's, it's not whispered, but there's certainly that mm. spot in your singing that's much more... Much softer. Well, if you write, if you if if the lyrical content is such, you know, it has to be. It, I mean, if you go back to the rain song or that's the way or that sort of thing. I mean, my voice is such that I can be expressive in in. If I haven't got it right now, what am I doing? You know, I've got to be able to get it right. Um, depending upon how I write and how, how the affinity is with the people that I work with. So, um, yeah, yeah, I loved Alex Chilton. Listening to him, I don't, I don't see that so much. Not the tone of the voice, but the, yeah, something mm. about that. There's almost the, almost the nursery rhymeness of the lyrics, yeah. which they did that yeah. childish, but the innocence and also yeah. The, yeah. those nursery rhymes that stay with us mm. for years and years and years. Soldier of love. Yeah, mm. exactly. And on the vocal thing, I was listening to an interview by a voice specialist who was talking a lot about how singers use their voices and that that difference between the the kind of high-pitched voice and the the huge voice. And they said, it's interesting because I looked at a picture of you. Sometimes when you sing, you lean back, your your body arches. And this woman was saying, oh, that's whether conscious or not, that totally opens the chest up it's a really brilliant singing technique it's a diaphragm thing yeah yeah i don't i mean i often did it like that because i didn't really know whether i could hit the right (laughs) pecking note so i was going as far away from the mic as i could just in case it's not very good uh because you don't know sometimes but yeah i mean it's quite interesting the way that if you do add an overdrive to performance then you get bigger the whole body becomes yeah. part of the yeah. part of the instrument, yeah. I guess. But I mean, imagine being Gili or Caruso or, or Pavarotti or somebody like that. You're in it and you're on it. I mean, if I had to sing Immigrant Song every day, <laughs> I would probably be looking like the laughing policeman because I'd be so <laughs> big and probably fail so many times to get those notes uh, up there in that call to arms that... Um, yeah, it'd be like Fatty Arbuckle probably. I and mean, it just depends on how you go about what you do. It's going to be good with Alison because, you know, I can be quite restrained until there'll be two or three or four points in the show where it will really kick off. When that happens, her rib cage opens mm. uh, because she's when she's when you push the button, she lets it go. It's great. <laughs> Do you think it's one of your best songs? Yeah. As a matter of fact, that and um, that, in fact, that whole record really is a kind of, along with Fate of Nations in those earlier records, I think that that Mighty Rearranger was had so much swagger and focus and a topical overview of stuff where we were able to have a worldview without being sanctimonious about it. Oh, yeah. But Dancing in Heaven is its sister track on that record, and that's pretty important too. Throw down my arms and give my arms 
That was All the King's Horses by Robert Plant. As I was preparing for this episode, I was listening to it again, again and again. It's just amazing. It's beautiful. So if you are listening to this episode in 2022, don't forget you can see Robert and Alison Krauss live. They're touring extensively throughout the US, UK and Europe from June through to September. Visit robertplant.com and click Tours and Tickets to see all the dates for their shows and their festival appearances. And that's the end of this week's episode. Hit subscribe if you haven't already so you don't miss the next one, which is on its way very soon. And don't forget, you can hear previous Digging Deep episodes wherever you get your podcasts. There's some amazing songs to discover there as well. I've been Matt Everett. Thanks very much for listening. This has been a Cup and Nuzzle production. Alexa, play All the King's Horses by Robert Plant.